Let's Be Legendary podcast is a member of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. For more podcasts ranging from true crime to nerd culture and convention news, please visit nerdandtie.com. We strive to make this podcast and story a safe and inclusive place for as many listeners as possible. So if we've missed any content warnings, please feel free to let us know. Content warnings for this episode include adult language and mature themes. Beyond vast deserts and towering cities of steel and steam, forgotten groves and dark forests lay hidden in plain sight. The world holds its breath as each piece is set for the game to conclude. With each step I take, I feel the strength of all those who came before me, running with me, guiding me. With each step they take, the cracks grow wider and the fractures deepen within her heart. With each step I take, I feel myself on the other side of a mirror and reality slips further from my grasp. I hear the wilds and feel who I am meant to become. I hear the wilds and change is balanced on the tip of a blade. I hear the wilds and know it is only a matter of time. This is the Feywild West. These are the spaces beyond the door. Let's be legendary. Set up divination. Mm-hmm. It take a bit longer to do it than usual, just concentrating a bit more. Undertaker. I have heard from multiple people now that I should speak with you about this. I dreamed of the day we met. After after my parents had been killed. I dreamt of it, but was, it was not how I remembered it. You gave me a key. And when I spoke with the warden, he told me that there has only ever been one other who has had such a key, and that this person was your first cleric. I'm not sure what to make of any of this, and so I ask for your wisdom. So you cast divination? Mm-hmm. Using what? Um, same thing. I was using okay. red bone. It disintegrates. The dust forms the letters. The feather. The feather? I look up and the feather is like front and center of mm-hmm. my shrine now. Like, it's like a shrine to the feather. <laughs> <laughs> I worship the feather now. Yeah. He's my new dad. <laughs> yeah, this is my new dad. <laughs> so I, I do what I usually do is cleaning up divination as I keep the ashes in, in a bottle. Meaning to bury them in a cemetery somewhere, but the... I don't pick up the feather, but I run my fingers over it. And then I do pick it up. What about it? You want to make a wisdom check? Yeah, since you said that. Uh, 17. 21. As you're holding it, it occurs to you. You've been using bone 
as a symbol of death, as a, a motif of the Undertaker for divination. Mm-hmm. What is more a motif of the Undertaker than one of his own feathers? Oh, you have to burn it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get rid of it. Oh, your face! <laughs> oh, if I could bottle that. It would rain every day. And Celine makes that exact same face. <laughs> you want me to use this? But you gave me this. You gave me the key, too. Why would you give me something if you just want to take it away? <laughs> Dad! <laughs> you hear this, by the way. Just ignore it. <laughs> the kids. Yeah, the kids look like concerned, like, is mom okay? Yeah, she's fine. <laughs> Come on, bite the bullet. Dad, you know this has been my favorite thing for, well, since you gave it to me. <laughs> two days ago. You know what? It's been two days of this thing being my favorite thing I own. Is it two days? No, it was more than two days ago. It was like a week. It was at least a week, yeah. Whatever. Point is. Come on, bite the bullet. Do it. Okay. Hey, think about it. You burned an arrow for the warden and he showed up. Maybe if you burn an undertaker, he'll show up and you can have tea with him. This accounts to me. And it is not encouraging me to use this vessel. <laughs> I am in no, no, I am not. No. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I get Cortez. Okay, you sit here. <laughs> you sit here. We're going to burn you. <laughs> Flies away. No, you get back well, here. Actually, I do. I actually do have Cortez with me. Pecks at your hand in a bit. Do it. Okay. I set up divination again. Mm-hmm. With my favorite feather. <laughs> Okay, Dad. I did the thing. Now what? You cast the spell? Yeah. <laughs> okay. And my question is, now what? <laughs> so, the feather dissolves into ash, and everything goes still and quiet. Like, unnaturally, the air stops moving around you. I stand up. And all of a sudden there's this groaning sound as if the floorboards and the walls and the ceiling are all being hit by high winds. And there's a sound of a door being flung open and then suddenly you are plunged into blackness. It's disorientating for a second, but you come to realize that there's literally nothing around you. If I, if I look down, can I see myself? You can see yourself. Okay. You seem to be perfectly illuminated as if you were still in the room or as if there was a light source, but you see no floor, though you feel you stand on something. There's nothing around. Do I feel anything? A little cold. But you stand there for what feels like a while, but you're not really sure how long. 
then there's this flutter of wings behind you. Out's pounding really, really <laughs> out because I know, I know it, I know what's happening. I, I can figure it out. But don't turn around. My child. I'm getting all teared up and emotional and I slowly turn around. And you see the Undertaker. Just as you remember him from your childhood. And also from the time you saw him in Crankshaft. <laughs> so it was a giant troll. He stands there in a well-pressed suit, long, gangly form, standing in a very relaxed position with his hands resting on a cane. His face has what you would describe as elderly features, his hair being sort of like an iron gray. But as he smiles, the wrinkles seem to almost disappear, and his eyes are bright as he looks at you. And I smile at him. And I'm... I've got tears in my eyes. My child. It is good to see you again. It is good to see you as well. You have questions. Yes, I do. Well, I have one for you as well. I tilt my head. Would you have tea with me? Of course I would. Come, sit. And he motions and suddenly a light appears almost from like the end of a really dark tunnel, but it seems to get closer and shapes, blurry shapes start forming around you and they quickly sharpen and resolve and you find yourself standing in your home, your childhood home. Oh. I look around. I look kind of confused. Is this where? A memory. A memory. And he motions over to the kitchen table that has tea things sitting on it. <laughs> he pulls out his chair and sits down. I sit across from him. And he pours out the tea and <laughs> Selena's so excited you learn that the undertaker takes his tea with honey I take mine with nothing <laughs> take mine straight he just takes a few moments and just sits there sitting and drinking tea and I do the same just comfortable silence mm -hmm. you have questions <sighs> too many Pick three. Something thinks for a second. I spoke with one of your colleagues. And just seeing how it chuckles. Like, that sounds so stupid. But also kind of like, what do I say? I talked to one of your co-workers earlier today. The warden. Guess bad. <laughs> he seemed very concerned about the dream I had earlier this week having to do with the key yes the key 
There was not much that he could tell me. It is well and outside his domain. He did tell me it was too... Well, to the door. That door. He smiles, but otherwise doesn't make any motion to confirm. I have only seen that door once. And... Aside from the dream I had, I've never seen a key. So, if I have such a thing, then why do I have it? You have the key because of who you are. What I gave you was a symbol, a recognition of what you already had. All of my clerics have this key, though not all are responsible enough to use it. You have the key because you are my child. You smile at that. Because you chose me. Also because I chose you. Gaspard seemed rather um, concerned about this fact. Though, as we have established, he could not tell me much. He did say that he had seen it before. Eight times already years ago. The first of my children responsible enough to wield it. So all of your clerics have had this key? All have had it. Not all reached the responsibility to use it. But I, I have? You are close. And Celine gets kind of a alarmed look on her face. How can you be sure? I've been doing this for a while. I suppose you have. I just... <sighs> Forgive me, I don't mean to. I just... I knew you would be responsible enough someday from the moment I met you, and you proved it to me over a year ago. What? A year ago, Talia died. The necromancer, you mean? Not that misguided young man shoving life back into corpses that should have remained buried. All to impress his girlfriend. Deeply misguided young man. Yeah. But you reached out, and without even realizing it, knocked on the door when you called out. I, uh, all I remember is being so... And she stops. You proved it to me again, just a few months ago. And she gets very quiet at that. Yes, but anyone would do those things. Anyone would call out to beg for the life of the person they loved. Anyone would help someone they cared about very deeply find rest. Anyone would. Not anyone. One of my clerics. 
he gets kind of this like sad look on his face. I'm just gonna have to tilt my head. Mortals like to look up to gods as being infallible. While we do see a bigger picture, we are far from perfect. I made a mistake with one, my third cleric. My second cleric had not reached the level of trust, but the third, he had shown what I thought was great promise. He too also reached out and pulled someone from beyond the door before he had been entrusted with that ability. He also helped return souls to rest. He did not knock. He forced open. He did not guide. He dragged. And when the time came that I entrusted him with the key, it was a dark time. So not all, Celine. Not just anyone. And Selene opens her mouth to ask something and then shuts it. What is it, child? How do you know you are not making the same mistake? <sighs> My children throughout the ages have had to come to terms with me and my work. When I first revealed myself to Amea, my first cleric. She ran. My third cleric, Justin. He thought me a foe to be fought. Something looks very confused at both of these. <laughs> you. You walked up to me, held my hand, and said something I have not had any but the most wisest and often ancient people say as a child. I am not afraid. I wish I could still say that. I can't lie anymore. There's so much I'm afraid of now, though. Mostly myself. Deep nods. The world is full of things to be wary of, even to be frightened of. And I have always found that with Faye, the inability to lie was always more of a barrier to telling the truth. It's quite inconvenient. It is. I'm... I'm sorry, you... You... You allowed me three questions and here I am overstating my welcome. <laughs> Nonsense. I merely said that to help you start asking questions. Am I the only one of your clerics who is a fae? That is an interesting question. Well, it's... Celine, what do you know of how the gods work their will in the world? Uh, 
to be honest, I haven't given much thought. It's strange, perhaps, but uh, I've. I can really speak for myself, but I believe in the things that you stand for. Those who follow the gods believe in the same things that they do, align their beliefs and behaviors with those of their chosen deities, and some are granted abilities for it. That is much the way it works, though the last is how it used to work. Before. Before. Before the Sundering. Before the God War. The devout in faith would be rewarded with favor from their gods. Since the war, since the Sundering, it has been much more difficult the gods to enact their will on the world, especially through clerics. That is why there are so few of us. Indeed. And for a deity such as myself that is not so much worshipped as revered. Feared. Selene, I kind of hold their eyes like you see peasants. It is even more difficult. The mother grants power as blessings to specific individuals, people that she directly chooses, but she cannot take that power away. The dragon has relics, items imbued with his power scattered throughout the earth and guides those he believes worthy to find them. The warden is not of a strength enough to grant anybody direct power. But the few that are devout to him enjoy guidance in their daily life. The Great Oak believes that worshipping it should be a matter of course, and sees no need to grant any power to anybody. Good for him, I guess. It is an important part of life, but... The Great Oak seems to think that nature and the wild is the beginning and end. And the wolf... I do not know if the wolf has granted power to anyone. I do know there have been individuals who call on the power of the wolf and that some of them have done great harm to the world. I myself, in my limited power, have confined myself to a line. A line? A family line. My first cleric was your great, great Great, 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 great grandmother. Celine looks like she's thinking. So I am part of that line. See, Faye side. He nods. Sarastra's line. 
Zarastra, the Queen of Night and Magic. The same. So it looks like she's trying to process all of this, like... So all of them have been Fae? Of a sort. None of them were able to access the Fae Wild. That door had been closed for over a thousand years before you opened it. She looks kind of... not quite guilty, but like... Oh, right, that was the thing I did. Celine. She looks up. Do you blame yourself for opening the Feywild? Why shouldn't I? He smiles and shakes his head. Celine. After the Sundering, after the God War, more than just this world was affected. The very planes of existence themselves were thrown far from each other. Yes, Nick Nevin told me as much. Yes, indeed. Travel between the planes was impossible for quite some time, and when they were close enough, again, a certain individual from those realms Mm -hmm. started trying to poke through to the other side and was told very specifically where to poke through. Not only is it not your fault that anyone that came before you did not open the door because they could not, it is also not your fault because it is not as if you sought the door out. You were sought out. So he he knew that I would be able to open it. Nods. Because I am part of Sarastra's line? Because... (sighs) He knew. He knew the power you would hold. He knew that you are of fey lineage and a powerful one. She looks a little bit uncomfortable at that, but doesn't say anything. And so he sought you out and presented the door at multiple occasions until one day you stumbled in. So he has been manipulating me this whole time. But why Sarastra's line? If your line is the only line that can receive your favor. Yes. That question. And he actually, like, gets a look of discomfort on his face. You, you do not have to. No. No. It was her wedding present. She gifted to me her mortal line as a connection to the material plane. Wedding present. I'm not sure I... When I was a new deity, 
very few people, in fact, none, worshipped me. The old reaper had died, and I found myself in position to become the new god of death. But with the difficulties the other deities were having, even the mother in gathering her own followers and giving them power, I found myself completely unable to interact with the material plane, unable to interact with mortals at all except for when they passed on. And then I met Sarastra Aestrum. <sighs> I was young. Not even a millennia old at that time. I did not recognize the flaws she had. And she promised me. A bit of a guilt deal that comes over his face. Tony's just being quiet and, and listening. She promised me the ability to interact with the mortal plane. If I would but take her hand in marriage. And Celine looks like fur oh fur not found. Like she understands what Dee just said, but like Selene has no idea how to react to this. Selene kind of chuckles a little bit. Guess Bad was right. This is a lot to take in. I apologize. No, I don't mean it like... It certainly explains some things. Yes. But I still feel so lost. It is good to look at the past and see where one came from, but at the same time, it does not guarantee knowledge of what is to come ahead. I give you this knowledge knowing that you are my child, you are responsible, and you are my most devout follower is a lot to take in, I know. And we have run out of tea. One more question. What should I do? <laughs> Celine, that is not for I or any god to tell you. And that is the worst feeling. I used to think I knew exactly what I wanted. Now I have no idea what I want. I have no idea who I am. I... He stands up. He comes over and puts his hands on like either side of your face. Mm -hmm. I look up. You are my cleric, my child, my favorite, 
She's getting she's getting teary-eyed again. What else you may be will change. But know that those things will never change. No, she's and, I, and she's crying. Yeah. She stands up and hugs him. He hugs back. I don't know if I can do this. Any of this. I have faith. <sighs> and there's the sound of fluttering wings. And you find yourself standing back in the room. The feather hole on the floor in front of you. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Fey Wild West, presented by Let's Be Legendary Podcast. If you're enjoying our story, please take a moment to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us a lot, and we'll read your reviews on the podcast. We're all over social media, and you can find links on our website at letsbelegendarypodcast.com. We also have a list of links in our show notes. Our Discord server is a pretty active place these days, so please stop by and say hello. You can find a link to that too in the show notes and on our website. If you want to go a step further, consider supporting us on Patreon. You'll get to listen to episodes two days before the general public, plus you'll get exclusive sneak peeks of new art, DM and player's notes, deleted scenes, bloopers, and more. You'll also get access to Bonus Round, a limited exclusive series run by our patrons. We have a lot planned this year, so we hope you'll join us. Talia Argent Gray is played by Chris Sass Council. Celine Argent Gray is played by Megzi Sass Council. And our Dungeon Master is Molly Hexcroft. Our producer and editor is Molly Hexcroft, pronouns she, her. Producer and manager is Jess Richards, pronouns they, them. Producer, art director, and assistant mixer is Megzi Sass Council, pronouns she, her. And our producer, director, editor, and mixer is Chris Sass Council, pronouns they, them. Credits for music and sound effects can be found in the show notes. Celine's tarot deck is the Marigold deck by Amrit S. Barr, and the tarot guide used in the game can be found at biddytarot.com. Thanks again for listening, and stay legendary.